0: Central We have Henry with us this morning. Good morning, Henry.
1: Morning, guys.
0: How are you doing?
1: Well, I'm a little worried about all of you.
0: Uh oh. Um, mm-hmm.
1: You know, when Gareth lets you run, we're a worried in the about year, all of a sudden. As well, six thirty in the morning, we're talking about Afrikaner nationalist porn. <laughs> it's there are a lot of things I would have called. That wasn't one of them.
0: Henry, are these not things that will change your life? (laughs) I mean, I I think it has. Yes. (laughs) I'm
1: going to go do some reading after this.
0: Look, I did not hear, I did not know about Lost Life. No, me neither. Now I feel like my life has changed. Well,
1: now I'm desperate to read more. In fact, it reminded me of my first experience with porn. I think I was about 10 years old. Uh And like you, my friend brought a Scope magazine into the classroom and Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for what I saw. Really? Oh, no. Shame. No. <laughs> you didn't lose your head, Henry? I, I did a little bit, not in the right kind of way. Uh-huh. So it took me a year or two after that, but then the picture Created all sorts of different feelings in me. It's funny how oh, that works. Yeah, okay. yeah. interesting it's times. Funny
0: how those feelings have never
1: changed for me. I've always <laughs> <it with> you. <laughs> you. They just brought the wrong magazine. That's all.
0: You know, if they had brought like Playgirl, there you go. Then we would have been in a different conversation. Wrong magazine. <laughs> Henry, I'm really interested in. Uh, getting into a different conversation with regard to what is happening out there in the financial world and particularly around what has now been like this has been dubbed the streaming wars. Yep. What is exactly going on? I feel like every Tom Dick and Jabulani is now releasing some on-demand platform. They're realizing this is where the markets are headed and are they hit? Are they remiss? What are, what's your take on all of this?
1: Yeah, well, I guess I mean if you just confine the argument to um, South Africans for a second, and you have a look at what's happening to DSTV, I mean, how many of you guys have friends who are cancelling their DSTV yeah. subscription these days? You know, I cancelled. I one, am that like, friend. You yeah. are that friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, there me too. you go. Mm. I Hashtag have as well. Me too. You as <laughs> well. Leanne? Yeah. Yeah. So that's three out of four. And you?
0: I, I'm only
1: surviving
0: because I'm on a shared account with you know I think four other people. And it's, you know Oh, I, so
1: you're stealing DSTV There you go Okay, so, oh, I, right. so that's, I,
0: wa- I watch it on my laptop The other one watches it on the iPad And I feel like this is also a downfall Of some of these on-demand and streaming platforms
1: Well, they have to allow that, right? To remain competitive uh, um, But I'm going to count you as a non-DSTV subscriber not in, a in this one, equation no. Right, so that's four out of four This mm. morning out of a random sample of people um, who've all canceled their subscriptions. So that doesn't bode well for these traditional sort of cable TV network businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's a symptom of the changing way um, that consumers are, are, are con- consuming and, and, and viewing content. But, of course, this isn't a new story. I mean, we've known about this for a while. Um, and, of course, there's that iconic sort of saying, you know, Netflix and chill. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, but, but why should a cable TV channel... Um, be able to decide what we watch and when we watch it, when we can simply choose that for ourselves while at the same time skipping adverts. So it's that whole concept's kind of revolutionized the industry, but it's becoming more interesting. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up this morning is that November is sort of a pivotal month for that industry. And the reason for that is Disney are launching their streaming service on the 12th called Disney Plus. I don't know if you guys have heard of it.
0: Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a game changer because Disney is a powerhouse when it comes to its assets and which when it comes to what it can offer us i mean like disney owns abc in the states also owns espn so you get that sporting equivalent owns pixar and all of these animations so i really do think disney will be a very strong contender in terms of offering
1: content unlike a netflix for example well you know that brings me to an interesting point um, when you look at Netflix, I mean, what do they have to do to grab your attention well they 're constantly having to produce these new hit shows aren 't they mm-hmm. think for example um, Breaking Bad, but that also means that a lot of the shows they present will be a sort of a hit and miss type vibe mm-hmm. um, and that 's costing them a fortune. I mean these guys are spending around eighteen billion dollars a year um, in producing new On content. content, yeah, jeez, a year. Now, what happens when that slows down? Well, of course, they risk um, losing subscribers. Mm. Um, So, from a corporate perspective, they're actually burning $3.5 billion in cash ban. And what that means is $3.5 billion more cash is leaving, going out the door every year versus coming in, which means they have to raise it from the market. So, it's not a sustainable situation for Netflix.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. What sort of lifeline do you think…
1: Well, it all depends on how much money investors are willing to throw at the company, mm-hmm. and it's always uncertain because at any point in time, investors might say, hey, you know what? You guys have got too much debt on your balance sheet, and we're not giving you any more money, and that would present a catastrophic scenario for Netflix. Yeah. Contrast that with Disney, who have an incredible library of uh, content that they've built up over multiple decades, yeah. and they can kind of recycle that stuff, can't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our parents probably watched um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. We watched Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And our grandkids will probably watch Beauty and the Beast. So, it's a very powerful uh, portfolio of content that they can kind of continue um, to rehash. Right. And that presents a very different economic equation for Disney.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's very diverse. And also, Disney caters for the whole family. You know, there's right. something for everyone And I think, you know, in, in a lot of these cases We've discussed as well on the show The likes of DSTV still have a lot of people In terms of subscribers Simply because of news and sport You know, you can't, you can't get that on like a Netflix Or any other on-demand service And so if Disney really works well At taking all of those boxes I think, shucks Go for gold, Disney. Looking at this article, um, Netflix is sitting on a global total of 160 million subscribers. It's a big number. Disney executives project between 60 million and 90 million global subscribers by 2024. So it seems like it'll still be a while for them to catch
1: up, but that that, that it's inevitable. I think they're being conservative. You think so? Yeah, I think they're going to reach that number a little sooner than everyone expects. You know, you have to look at the value proposition. So... Depending on which package you subscribe for on Netflix, you're either paying $9, $12, or $14 a month. But it looks like Disney are going to come in at around $7 a month at the bottom end. That's right. That's for Disney Plus alone. But if you throw in Hulu, which they now own two-thirds of, and ESPN.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and ESPN, of course. You're going to get all three streaming services for just $12.99 a month. So it's an incredible value proposition. Mm. And I think people are going to go wild for it. So difficult times for Netflix, I think, on the competition front.
0: Yeah, I wonder what Disney and also the likes of Amazon Prime are going to do as well when it comes to that shared, exactly what I mentioned with the DSTV thing, that shared account, because Netflix, you have the, the option of having multiple profiles on then You mm-hmm. can sign in. Um, so I wonder what they're going to do around that. What are your thoughts on Amazon Prime Video?
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up Amazon. So mm-hmm. whereas Disney and Netflix have kind of tried to make a business out of this, Amazon have taken a rather interesting angle, and they've said, well, if you're a Prime subscriber, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with what Prime means these days, but basically it's like an all-access pass to everything Amazon, right? So for $12.99 a month, you essentially get free two-day delivery on all your purchases in the States. There are a couple of other things thrown in as well. I think you get Amazon Music, but you also get Amazon Prime Video which is Amazon's equivalent of Netflix or Disney. So they're really looking to add this whole service in as a yeah. value add to their normal Prime subscription rather than offering it as a separate a product.
0: Package, yeah. wow. So that, I think,
1: is an incredible value proposition. But their sort of main goal, of course, is to dominate global retail, right? which they seem to be doing mm. quite successfully. So that's another risk to Disney and Netflix. Amazon are looking at this thing saying, you know what? We're not looking to make – well, they might be looking to make money out of it, but it's not a primary business for them. It's really just another way to attract people to the Amazon global ecosystem. And the one thing about Amazon that I would point out is that that company has a market capitalization. In other words, if you take all of their shares and you add them up together, the company is worth $900 billion. Ooh. Now, I'm not really sure how much money that is. It's difficult to kind of imagine, Yeah. but it's a shitload, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's at least four times the size of Disney and eight times the size of Netflix. So, what they've got is a balance sheet, a cash pile like the other two could only imagine.
0: So, when it comes to bankability and when it comes to looking at stocks, you would…
1: Skewed towards an Amazon, certainly Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, although you need to bear in mind that that's not necessarily a pure play on streaming. You know, really, what do you they, mean by that, well, you, it's it's mostly a global retail business. Mm-hmm. So when you buy a share in Amazon, really, what you're buying is a share in in, in global e-commerce, not in a, a sort of content streaming business. The other one I like is really Disney. Mm-hmm. So you know, when we talk about share prices, and I, I try not to get too technical because this can become an incredibly boring subject. Especially following African nationalist porn. I mean, how can <laughs> you beat a <lost> slave? <laughs> yes. But you have to compare a share um, to the profits that the company's earnings. Because that's ultimately what determines whether a share is expensive or cheap, right? Okay. So if a share is trading at $10 and the company's earning $1 per, sh- $1 per share, you're paying at 10 times earnings, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So if we apply that metric to Disney and Netflix, in Netflix's case, you're paying 111 times net profits for one share in the company which is incredibly expensive. Mm. So basically what you're paying for is is blue, the best case blue, blue sky scenario over the next 10 years for Netflix, whereas Disney, you're paying just 18 times earnings. Okay. So given the two scenarios that I've painted, uh, why on earth would you want to buy Netflix when you can own Disney for wh- almost one or less than one-fifth of the price? Right.
0: Yeah, these are interesting times, but you've you've painted more of a clearer picture for me. Um, I think Amazon is stronger in in this case But I wonder how it's all going to manifest and move on I wonder where innovation and just being more appealing will come from In in Netflix part particularly Because um, this of course is something that they're aware of How they're going to worm and move through it I don't know They had first move advantage Big and time. Yeah, they had years in the game of being the cool kid on the block. Well, now you have all of these competitors. I wonder where they'll go from here.
1: Yeah, look, I think one thing for sure is that um, consumers are winning right now. So, so there's never been more yeah. new content yeah. coming yeah. to the market every day. True. Um, you know, you're almost spoiled for choice every evening when you switch on Netflix because um, it feels like there's a show. And you show every day.
0: Yeah. On a consumer level, I actually wonder what the new behavioral patterns will be. I wonder if we'll get to a point where each of these platforms have such exclusive content that we feel like we need to have each account, or somehow we're going to get to a point where they tailor their bundles or bouquets, for example, where we have a specific sports bouquet from Disney as opposed to a movie or documentary you became I think you're Netflix. spot on I wonder what, what's going to happen I
1: think that's exactly what's going to happen So you're going to end up, with this, end up with a situation Where you're going to be able to pick and choose what you want And you're going to pay variably yeah. for that yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense But the other, the other interesting statistic I guess Is we kind of forget what cable TV packages used to cost us yeah. Relative to what streaming packages cost us You know the average cable TV package in the US Costs between 50 and $60 a month So with Netflix costing 13, Disney costing 13, let's call Amazon Prime 13, you're still only paying $39 a month for all three services.
0: Which once again benefits us as the consumers hugely at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And from an investor's perspective, the great thing there is it also implies that there's a lot of pricing power inherent in these companies. So these guys could arguably take, um, their prices from $12 or $13 a month up to 20. You know, which would have a massive impact on mm-hmm. the profitability of those companies. Yeah. Um, but you'd still be willing to pay.
0: As compared well, to that 50 or $60 that you're yeah, of accustomed to paying. Absolutely. And then just quickly, Henry, uh, another day, another Brexit update. I haven't oh my gosh. caught I'm up so on I'm so tired it. of talking about Brexit. Uh, yeah. I wish
1: these Brits would just sort their nonsense. I,
0: I haven't <laughs> caught up with any of it over the past week. So what is exactly going on now?
1: Well, I'm not actually really sure what's going on. It looks like um, a new act was signed over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, which essentially forces Boris Johnson to go and request an extension. Mm. From the EU, which just kicks the can further down the road. You know, it
0: just prolongs everything, everything. Good Lord. Yeah.
1: Um, And you know, if there's one thing that the financial markets hate, it's uncertainty. Mm. So if the news is good or if the news is bad, it's one thing. But the market hates not knowing what the news is. So just tell us, is it good, is it bad, and we'll price it in and move on.
0: Yeah, let's get a decision, and then we can act around it.
1: Exactly. But at this point, we have absolutely no idea.
0: So what is the state of limbo, for lack of a better term, or this gray area meaning for investors?
1: Well, what it means for investors is that it could go either way and if you look at asset prices on the market so shares that you can buy in whatever type of business or property um they're all over the place so they're reacting violently so over the last couple the last couple well, i'd say the last week actually there's some property stocks that are up 35 40% but if you look over a one year uh, over the last year um those shares are still down you know 20 or 30% so it's been a wild wild ride um and it'll continue to be that way up until the, the, there's more certainty but look i mean If you're looking at, for example, listed property in London, which I think is a great proxy for sort of investor sentiment towards that region in Mm -hmm. the midst of Brexit, those counters are still trading at like 30 to 40%, a 30 to 40% discount in net asset value. Meaning, if a property is worth 10 rand, today Mm -hmm. on the market you're paying just 6 rand for that property. So sentiment is poor.
0: It's still, uh, look, and I'm not the smartest person in the room, but it still just sounds like too much of a gamble right now.
1: It is a gamble. And as a money manager, you're looking at this and you're saying, well, you know, it looks like there's a lot of money to be made, but you really need to put your neck on the block there. And when I say neck, I'm referring to something else. Um, because <laughs> there is downside as well. If you get it wrong,
0: also ends in a CK. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, it does. end. you
0: did not have to be that obvious.
1: <laughs>
0: go, ahead. go ahead. for, for the slower the, listeners out there. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Finding porn very funny this morning. Go into the corner, you lost lady. <laughs> think about what I've done. <laughs> yes. So, w- w- look, I, I'm not saying that you have the answer and this is not the golden answer to everything, but what would you advise
1: people to do? So I would advise stepping back okay. and, and waiting for more clarity before, before making a call. Um, yeah, personally, I, I, I do think that UK property, in, in particular listed UK property looks attractive. Okay. You know, the UK, regardless of what the statutory status of the company is physically, isn't going to be blown off the face of the earth. Were that the case, then so I the would understand. Power player, so exactly. They will
0: recover. It'll recover. We don't know.
1: About and its neighbour, the EU, is still its neighbour. So whatever form the new relationship takes, there will be a relationship. Mm-hmm. The borders will be relatively open, and trade will be facilitated. But the caveat is that you might be in for a wild ride. If you put one rand in today, it may go to 70 or 60 cents before it goes to one rand 50. And that's kind of my personal take on it.
0: So just be, just brace yourself. Brace yourself. You are going to get yourself into that mix.
1: Yes. Okay. Hmm. It's one way to look at it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. makes you feel a little bit better about what we're dealing with over here, doesn't it? Mm.
0: Oh, that's it yeah,
1: yeah. Let's, we'll take it
0: be m- functioning or not functioning we'll take <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff yeah before that i guess yep yeah well henry thank you so much it's always a pleasure guys yeah always good to start the week off like this getting our brains churning and crunching numbers and facts and figures so thank you for that pleasure guys